What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Long time no talk, Arif listeners. Um, Hockey Mountain High, your go-to Avalanche podcast. We got to be back for uh, an emergency podcast here to break down the trade that just blindsided us out of nowhere. Arif, I was just sitting there watching the Toronto Maple Leafs um, New York Rangers game, and boom, the trade comes across my desk. I'm sure you were just at home listening to some Ahmed spins. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Matt Nieto on his way back to Colorado. This is going to be fun to see an old friend. We'll get into that in a second. And of course, Ryan Merkley um, in exchange for Jacob McDonald and Martin Kaut, who Martin Kaut we just recently saw get sent back to the Eagles. Jacob McDonald has been with the team, but um, apparently it's time to part ways. So Arif, let's get your thoughts. We'll get into the details, but just initial reactions on the trade to start us off here. Um, it's in typical avalanche fashion. Uh, guys, you're not talking about the type of move you wouldn't expect. This is what the avalanche do. This is, this is what Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland do. You can sit here and talk about all the guys you think they're going to go for. And then to use a last year example, they go out and bring in Andrew Cogliano and he's such a big part of the team that we talk to him pretty much every day. Uh, this is another one of those kinds of moves. Uh, I have opinions on both these players, but as a whole, the Avalanche addressed a few needs here. And uh, I think if you, I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast or on the Mile High Sports Weekly AMA with with Kim Becker, but I mentioned that this year the Avalanche don't just have a need for trading for quality because we know they need a quality guy. They need like a second line center, top, top six forward kind of guy. But they also, I've mentioned this before, quantity they need quantity because they lost Abe Kubel they lost Nico Sturm they lost Burakovsky they lost Kadri Landeskog hasn't played all year Darren Helm pretty much hasn't played all year and they were all replaced with one new guy coming in and that was Evan Rodriguez so as much as they need quality they also need quantity this is step one of quantity in the form of guy they haven't had guy all season we just did the podcast what three, four hours ago where we talked about how the Avs at some points this year had seven forwards or eight forwards that they trust and three or four that they didn't or five forwards that they didn't where like the top guys were playing 26, 27 minutes and the Anton Bleeds and Lucas Sedlaks and Sampo Rantas and key piece Martin Kaut were playing three, four minutes. Matt Nieto is a guy. He's a guy with eight goals, seven assists, 15 points, pretty dang good numbers for a depth guy. He's a guy they're familiar with. And he's going to shore up that depth in the form of what I was talking about a second ago. They need quantity as much as they need quality this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Colorado Eagles lineup and almost the entire thing has had minutes with the Avalanche this season, right? And not many of them really stuck. We just saw Anton Bleed most recently get sent down just last night. Um, I guess you saw Martin Kaut stick around for a little while, you know, giving them every, giving him every opportunity he could to stick around. Um, but, you know, we we had early indications all the way back to training camp that you know the the time with Martin Kaut here was wearing thin. So perhaps just a change of scenery for Martin Kaut is going to be nice. He he could probably get more playing time for sure uh, in San Jose, and we'll see what direction that takes his career. But um, yeah, it just felt like the t- the time with Martin Kaut and the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, the writing was on the wall that it was about to expire. Yeah. Before we talk about the guys coming in, I I would definitely love to talk about the guys going out and and Martin Kaut. I mean, we've been talking about him all season. I think I joked with you off the record like a few weeks ago that like, hey, remember September where we talked about Martin Kaut for 10 minutes every episode? Yeah, good times. Those are the type of training camp conversations you have on a podcast. He just, it, it didn't work. Like the guy has played 47 career games. 
Over the first three seasons, 2021 and 22, he played 20. This year, he had 27 games. I just talked about it. The Avalanche needed quantity. They needed guys to come in and make an impact. And despite that, despite all the opportunity, there were times, if you remember, he was a top six winger. Despite all of the chances, I think he played with Newhook and I want to say Val Nachushkin on the left or something like that. Maybe Evan Rodriguez. He was unable to really grab a spot. He was unable to take advantage of the fact that the Avalanche badly needed one of these AHL guys to step up, whether him, whether Sampo Ranta, uh, some of the other guys they've called up. He was unable to take advantage of that. He's a guy that San Jose is looking at as a bit of a project. Um, and and it's, it's on to new things for Martin Cowett. It was very much clear that he was not going to be on the abs next season. I didn't expect him to get traded this year because, to be honest with you, I didn't expect he had trade value. Um, but here we are. Martin Cowett's on his way to San Jose. Jacob McDonald, I mean, here you are, you and I, we record podcasts on the Avalanche all the time, and I feel like this is a name that we don't really mention, whether it's for better or for worse, just not really a guy that comes up much, especially in the last year and a half or so. I mean, um, yeah, your thoughts on Jacob McDonald, and of course, I'm sure a change of scenery might be beneficial for him as well. Yeah, Jacob McDonald, look, this guy has been an absolute trooper with this team. Uh, I don't know if you'd remember, Jacob McDonald, do you remember how he was acquired? I don't. He was traded from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Dominic Toninato. So that's mm -hmm. how the Avs got him. And then if you remember when they were putting together their roster for the 1920 bubble year in Edmonton, there were two names that stuck out. It was Jacob McDonald and I believe Bowen Byram. Those were the two guys that the Avalanche took as extras with their top defensemen to basically say, you guys have earned a spot here. They had that mini training camp in July at, at you know what was then Pepsi Center uh, to set up for the COVID bubble. And Jacob McDonald stood out and he, you know, was able to become someone that the Avalanche trusted enough to bring with them. So prior to that bubble, believe it or not, Jacob McDonald prior to COVID had not played a game with the Avalanche yet. He played with the Panthers tw two career games in the 18-19 season. 2019-20 comes around. He's an AHLer. Suddenly the Avalanche take him uh, with them to the bubble. Then in 2021, 33 games, one goal, eight assists, nine points, plus 14. That was the COVID season with the taxi squad where guys like even Keaton Middleton and Kyle Burrows were getting opportunities. Jacob McDonald was one of those guys getting an opportunity. He did pretty dang well. He was, he was a respectable depth piece, similar to what you have in the form of a Brad Hunt right now. And then in 2022, he only plays eight games. This year, he's back up to exactly the same amount of games he played in 21, and that's 33 games. And it's obviously because of the Avalanche having so many injuries, so many knocks to their to their decor that you know he's pretty much been relied on. 33 of what, 45, 46 games? Like that's a lot of hockey for someone that you don't expect to be in the lineup every single night. So, um, not much to say on him other than the fact that, you know, he's kind of carved out an NHL career for himself after not really having one just two and a half years ago. Uh, he's a good depth piece. I think the Avalanche gave him, if I'm not mistaken, a two-year contract this past summer because of all the depth guys. If you, if you, you know, keep up with the Avalanche signing all the AHLers that they usually sign, it's, you know, like the Kiefer Sherwoods and, and Stefan Matos and, and those Dylan Sakuras and all those kind of guys this year, Lucas Sedlak, Anton Bleed. It's usually a bunch of one-year deals. There were two names that stuck out for the two guys that they gave two-year contracts to. One of them was Brad Hunt. The other one was this guy. It was Jacob McDonald. So he was someone that they expected to be a big piece uh, as like a depth guy. 
for the foreseeable future, and it just didn't happen. And for whatever reason that is, whether it's the fact that he played 33 games and you know nothing came of it, whether it was the fact that they wanted, uh, they needed a depth piece. Yes, that is correct. He did sign a two-year contract. Whether it was the fact that they wanted a depth piece and Matt Nieto went forward more than they wanted this guy at D, or whether it was what Jared Bednar talked about yesterday and the fact that they have way too many left-handed guys, not a lot of right-handed guys, and you know Jacob McDonald obviously shoots left. Whatever it is, Jacob McDonald became a trade piece and one that with another year on his contract is being sent to the San Jose Sharks as well. With that, let's get to the returning pieces. Of course, Matt yep. Nieto. Um, I can Never heard he, of that guy. Definitely a guy Never we're all excited him. about. Um, I like to call him Matt Grandson, of course, because Nieto in Spanish is grandson. <laughs> um, but he's already 30 years old. Uh, it, crazy that he's a play, he crazy. just played his 600th NHL game not long ago, I'm sure. Um, coming in the league, I'm sure not many people really believed in him that well, right? And and, and he made a, a career for himself being a depth player. I think what's really interesting about Matt Nieto is the first time he was brought to the Avalanche, he was picked up off waivers, right? So San Jose kind of saying, we don't really have room for you right now. We don't want to waive you, but we do. And he came into a tough situation in Colorado. It was when the team really wasn't so hot. And uh, I remember the look on his face. I remember talking to him and he was sitting there just kind of dejected, like, man, I was in a good situation in San Jose. We were about to go to the playoffs, and now I'm on this team. And he he tried his best to have a good attitude about it. Obviously, was a part of the transformation here. Um, So familiar with the systems, familiar with everything here in Colorado. I mean, it's funny how often the Avalanche tend to do that, right? They they love bringing guys that are either a familiar with their time here in Colorado, or you know, former uh, Lake Erie monsters that Jared Bednar is familiar with as well. They love to mix and, and juggle those kind of guys. So yeah, Matt Nieto back in Colorado. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy for constantly mentioning Jack Johnson. This is what the avalanche do, man. They love their players. Matt, Matt Nieto's career high in goals was 15 and he did it with the avalanche in the 17, 18 season. His career high assist was 19 and he did it with the avalanche in the 18, 19 season. This guy was a gamer. He played the first three and a half years with San Jose, the next three and a half with Colorado. Now he's at two and a half with San Jose, which obviously means he's got two and a half years in Colorado. Just kidding. <laughs> um, this is a good piece. Like this is a guy that the Avalanche, uh, the Avalanche know very well. They have done a really good job in the past couple of years of acquiring those depth pieces and making something of them. Two names that stick out. Very obvious. Darren Helm, Andrew Cogliano. They got Cogliano from the Sharks. He was only there for, you know, six months of a of a seven month regular season or five of a six month regular season whatever it is up until the trade deadline so he's got a little bit of familiarity with matt nieto i'm not going to sit here and pretend i know if they played on the same lines or not but they're two depth guys that were on the sharks at the same time so i would assume they saw some time together at some point um it's not like you know there's a lot of guys left that nieto is familiar with um obviously o'connor jt comfer but um you know, he's a winger, so he's not going to play with Cogliano and O'Connor unless you switch Cogliano to center, which he has played in the past. And I mean, last year, Darren Helm was a winger until the Avalanche switched him to center. So who the hell knows? Um, but point of the story is this is a guy, like I mentioned earlier, that you can play in the bottom of your lineup and know you have a piece that you can trust. He kills penalties. He's going to give you the energy that you know he can provide. He's, uh, you know, been with the team long enough and was with the team long enough to know that Jared trusts him. And right now in 45 games, like yesterday, you and I were talking about how Cogliano's having a bit of a pretty good year, eight goals, four assists, 12 points in 44 games. Well, Matt Nieto is pretty much on that same track, eight goals, seven assists, 15 points in 45 games. So 
it would be really nice for the Avalanche to have another piece on those bottom lines that can actually score you a damn goal every four or five games. Eight goals in 45 games. Like, how big is that going to be compared to Martin Kautz one goal or Sampo Ranta zero or Lucas Sedlak and Anton Bleed zeros? Like, all those other guys that they've tried, they finally have another piece, another guy that they can trust and play a 12th forward. And you know what else makes Nieto great is the way he scores his goals. He loves to do them in front of the net. He loves to take the goalie's eyes away because he just, you know, he kind of understands where he's at skill set wise. He says, I'm just going to do it with hard work. I'm going to do it the hard way. I'm going to pick up garbage goals in front of the net and take the goalie's eyes away. And that's what the Avalanche have been missing a lot this year, too. So, um, no, I I love the addition of Matt Nieto. Anything else you want to add on to uh, Matt Nieto before we move on to uh, Ryan Merkley here? No, that's that's pretty much all I got. I just know that a bit of a weird relationship there between the Avalanche and the Sharks with Cogliano coming here, Nico Sturm going there, and now Matt Nieto coming back. So uh, the Avalanche, when they need depth, they go to the San Jose well, and, and it worked last year, and they're hoping it works again this year. And just funny again how he left San Jose to go to a bad Colorado team. Now he's leaving a bad <laughs> San Jose team to go to a good Colorado team. Love but, that, yep. And it's funny how sometimes players just do that, right? They they fall, they fall in love with the city or a team, you know, the people, they fall in love, the people fall in love with the player, and it just seems like they they keep going back to the same city. That happens yeah. sometimes. David Perron, my favorite stat about that guy. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like him because playoffs last year. But David Perron has played for the St. Louis Blues, the Edmonton Oilers, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say the Anaheim Ducks, the Vegas Golden Knights, so on and so forth. Up until this year when he signed with the Red Wings. Up until this year when he signed with the Red Wings from 2007 until 2022. Of all those four or five, six teams he's played with, the only team he ever signed a contract with was the St. Louis Blues. He signed with the Blues. He was a rookie. He signed an extension. They traded him to Edmonton, who traded him to Anaheim. And then he signed with the Blues. And then Vegas took him in the expansion draft. And then he signed back again with the Blues. His contract expired. So, like, people love to go back to cities that they enjoy. Matt Nieto looks like he uh, enjoys the California beach and suddenly decides it's too hot. I want to get the hell out of here. Let's go to Colorado and enjoy the mountains and the snow and go skiing. I got bad news, Matt. Yeah. It's a little rough right now. (laughs) And Hey, it's, it's perfect for ski season, but I don't think he's skiing in January in the middle of hockey season. I don't think the avalanche would let him do that. Uh, And then goes back to San Jose. Now he's back to Denver for another stint. He's only 30. It's crazy to think that given how long he's been around, but this is a guy that, you know, they know and love and I'm excited for him to be back. Yeah. Same, same. So let's get to Ryan Merkley, 22 years old. Um, you know, you give up a, f- a former first round pick in Martin Cout, you get a former first round pick in Ryan Merkley. So um, six foot defenseman. That's all I really know about him are, are the facts. So uh, what info do you have on Ryan Merkley for us? Yeah. Do you know what year he was drafted? 2018. Yes. Those, do you know what that. year Martin Cout was drafted? I'm going to go ahead and say 2018. That is correct. Martin Cout was taken 16th overall by the Avalanche. Ty Smith went 17. Liam Foody, older brother of Jean-Luc, went 18. Jay O'Brien, 19. Rasmus Kapari, 20. And then Ryan Merkley, 21. Uh, the common denominator there between all those teams is they all missed because 22 to the New York Rangers was Keandre Miller. But um, moral of the story here is... Ryan Merkley is a defenseman that, according to Elliot Friedman, pretty much in the entire season has wanted out of San Jose. He's wanted out. He's lo- he was looking for a fresh, a fresh place, a, a, a new opportunity, uh, and 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 
an ability to go somewhere else and see if he can make something of his NHL career. Think Ryan Graves for Chris Begra back in the day when the Rangers and the Avalanche both said, these guys suck, let's trade them for each other and see what clicks, and Graves ended up clicking. Again, not saying that's going to happen for sure, but that's the kind of move that you expect here. The way that I see it, there's a reason why when I was talking about Jacob McDonald, I said the Avalanche look, you know, finally realized they needed somebody like a Matt Nieto more than a Jacob McDonald because I look at this trade in two parts. The Avs traded a depth defenseman to the San Jose Sharks for a depth forward because they need a depth forward more than a depth defenseman. The San Jose Sharks traded a pending UFA to the Avalanche for a defenseman that has one more year left on their contract, cost-controlled guy for next year, making 762.5K. You can insert him right into your lineup and another year of tanking with Jacob McDonald in your top six. Great for both teams. And then comes this part. I'll give you my problem child of a bust in the 2018 draft for your problem child of a bust in the 2018 draft. Who says no? None of us? Great. So Merkley was a guy that in 2018, I remember when I watched that draft, he was someone that was high on a lot of lists in terms of talent. But he ended up dropping in the draft. And I remember when San Jose took him 21, it was like, damn, they got to steal here because he had some behavioral issues. He had some attitude problems. I don't know exactly what it was, but there was some drama around him that basically said, this guy's going to be difficult to deal with. We're not going to touch him. Because if I remember correctly, he was a top 10 or 15 talent in that draft and ended up going way down at 21. So I don't know where that's gone since. I don't know if he's figured out the behavior issues or if there's been any drama around him. I just know that the Avalanche are, if there's one thing that I can say safely, it's Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland would not make a deal like this without doing their homework, without talking to the kid or his agent and saying, if you come here, you're going to do things our way. We have a captain. We have a leadership group here that isn't going to take any bullshit. And whether you're up with the big club or whether you're in the minors with the Colorado Eagles, you're going to be a professional so that we can see if we have something here. And I think that's basically what happened. The avalanche uh, said, Martin Kaut's not doing it for us. Let's see if we can revive this kid. The San Jose shark said, Ryan Merkley's not doing it for us. He wants to trade. He wants to go somewhere different. Let's see if we can revive Martin Kaut. It's interesting. It's definitely something to think about. You know, I don't really have much information on, on any of it. So I'm kind of just speculating here, but there's two sides to every story, right? I mean, if he's sitting there saying, Hey, I want to trade, I'm not get, being given a fair shot. I'm sure the San Jose has a, a counter story saying yeah, well, you know, this, that, and the other is the reason why we haven't given you a shot, you know, whether that's attitude issues or X's and O's issues, we don't really know, but a f- wipe the slate clean, a fresh start, could be great for everybody, and that's always the best part of a trade, right? You can start almost a whole brand new reputation with a whole brand new group of guys, and um, you know, you 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 have uh, innocence till you're proven guilty. In in my eyes, yeah, he played for the London Knights, which is one of the bigger organizations in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, in his last season in the in the Ontario Hockey League, which was in 1920, that COVID season. In 60 games, he had 15 goals, 61 assists, 76 points. Again, this is a defenseman, a defenseman with a ton of talent. When the San Jose Sharks signed him, or sorry, drafted him, he was coming off of his first two seasons in the OHL with the Guelph Storm, where he had 55 points in 62 games and then 67 points in 63 games. So these are the type of numbers that guys like Tyson Berry and Stephen Elliott were putting up in in, uh, junior hockey, not in the OHL, in the WHL for some of those guys. But... This is the kind of guy that you expect out of Ryan Merkley. He's a right-handed puck moving defenseman um, that just, it never clicked. He finally got his first shot in the NHL last season, like in 2021, 
Uh, obviously, 2020, that season with the London Knights, that was just going so well for him, ended up getting shut down and there was no playoffs because of COVID. But in 2021, he played 31 AHL games and had a goal and 10 assists. And then last season, he had 19 points in 30 AHL games, but he also got a little bit of a taste of NHL action. One goal, five assists, six points in 39 games. That's the extent of his NHL career. So he's pretty much coming with to the avalanche, playing half as many games as Jacob McDonald had. Uh, has played in his career, but there's just Jacob McDonald's a 29 year old, almost 30 next month. This kid is a 22 year old, former first round draft pick, someone that maybe you give him an opportunity. Maybe he figures it out. And if not, he's an AHL depth guy, which is what you expect Jacob McDonald to be when you're healthy. Indeed. Indeed. So uh, before we wrap it up, I guess, give it a grade one out of 10. How many thumbs up? How many thumbs do you have? (laughs) Um, if I had to grade this one through 10 with 10 being a great or, you know, a very good trade, all things considered, uh, when looking at it from the standard of depth players going both ways, I would give this one an eight, eight thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> eight different thumbs. Here's one, here's two. And I don't know where the other <sighs> six are coming from, but, um, again, like getting Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley, a project in January in the middle of a season is not going to win you a Stanley cup. But in the grand scheme of things, similar to Cogliano last year, hell, some people would argue without Cogliano, you don't win the cup. I don't know if it's that crazy, but every single piece matters. This could be a trade that works out better for you and has more reward than any kind of risk is the way that I see it. How long until we see Matt Nieto? Do you think it'll be he'll be in the lineup Saturday? I would not be surprised if you think he's ready tomorrow. Maybe I, I mean, we've seen crazier things in the Jared Bednar era that never happens in, in the Joe, not the Joe Sackick in the Patrick wire and the Joe Sacco era. Uh, they fucking traded for Adam foot. The dude flew from Columbus to Denver and joined them in the second period. Remember that mm-hmm. on the tunnel halfway through a game and Cal Comiskey's like, who's this old guy? Like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Watch. It's a cool, YouTube, cool YouTube video. If you want to see it when Adam foot was reacquired. Um, but I mean, even Ryan Merkley, like the Avalanche have been playing 7D. Like who's to say that, you know, Jacob McDonald was the 7th D. You switch him to Nieto. Well, now you have a 12th forward. If Kale McCarr's not ready, maybe even Ryan Merkley gets a shot as your number six defenseman. Uh, but if Kale McCarr's ready, then it's very easy. Kale McCarr's your number six D or number one D of the six, I should say. And Matt Nieto becomes your 12th forward. Um, Here's Ben Myers and Anton Bleed. Enjoy those for a couple games, Matt. I promise you we'll get you some better line mates soon. Right on. Well, I guess uh, that was a successful emergency podcast. We even went live on it. it Got good. a few listeners here. Looks We're pretty go cool. out with feeding the ducks here. Feeding Love the ducks. It. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Um, let us know if it was a success. Let us know with your thoughts. We thrive on your opinions. Um yeah closing thoughts Arif. ready for the trade deadline man we're five weeks away and i'm so excited to see what else the avalanche do again quantity and quality i expect a lot of trades to come all right avs versus anaheim tomorrow night we'll see you there thanks for hanging out with us